0: Embarrassment. Who cares? Yeah, I don't care. When you're getting my muscle chefs for 60% off. When you're making that much money by not spending it, like oh, you're winning. Huge. Yeah. righty Hello Matt. Rachel, how are you? <laughs> Welcome to our first episode of the Unbroke podcast.
1: It's good to be here, I've got to say. It's a beautiful day outside and here we are inside.
0: Recorded. I know. <laughs> it's about 30 degrees here in Sydney. It's a very sunny Sunday afternoon.
1: You know what that's called? It's called the hustle. It is called commitment
0: about. to the grind, <laughs> which some would say is a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? When you're doing it with a friend, mm. it's it's not work at all. No. agree. Okay. Well, Matt, I think we do need to get into why are we here um, and we will do that. But, and I know this is something a lot of podcast podcasts do, but it is a thing we do in our everyday life is we compare notes on how we're absolutely crushing it in terms of dollar savings. Completely have completely
1: oversold that, but yeah, go oh, for yeah. it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we don't do it that Minorly often. <laughs> crushing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the little things that count. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to do every episode, we're going to do an unbroken moment. So how are you becoming less broke than you were before. Yeah, um, Can be a big thing, can be a little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but why don't you jump right in and tell me your oh, moment this week. I'm glad you
1: asked <laughs> My unbroke moment of the week. So, you know, and listeners, please don't tell the banks I'm doing this, but they can probably set the credit file. But um, I really enjoy Qantas points because I have the aspiration of one day turning left only and oh. flying on the plane in business class, etc. Yeah, purely up, business. Business class and up. Yeah, Basically, that. that's the ambition we are talking
0: reclining or not flying at all. Yeah,
1: literally that's what it's gotten to. So, you know, in the hopes that that will one day happen, I do cycle through credit cards to get bonus points and I am pleased to say that this week I just scored 95,000 bonus points. Oh my god, woo! Yep, from from the Nab card. Don't know currently whether that offer is still available, but Oh, there's that actually was a so many win. ways you can earn. Yeah, honestly. I
0: mean, I've just joined obviously not paid for this cuz <laughs> <laughs> have no following. But <laughs> I just joined Qantas Health Insurance, bonus points, and they gave me even more bonus points on the phone. Like I got the quote and then didn't sign up. Yeah, top hint. Yeah. Then they call you and they're like, "I can offer you more if you sign up today over the phone." I'm like, make them really want it. Like, that's thanks, the key. Tony. Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's my that's my moment. How about you, Amazing. Rach? What, um, what's your unbreak moment of the week?
0: My moment. So mine. I mean, I wouldn't call it. It's actually I spent money, but like. I'm making myself feel better. So, my moment is that I've decided whenever I buy new clothes and I've actually done my, you're going to have to hold me to this, last new clothes purchase until minimum November 1st. You're yeah. Like I can buy a secondhand dress or Facebook Marketplace if I've got an event, but no new. Okay, fair. Right? And it, by the
1: way, it is February 2023. It's February so 2023. We've got a while ago. We've,
0: we've got some time. <laughs> um, so... Essentially, I spent 400 bucks on the Iconic. Mm -hmm. So, we haven't started out great. It's a binge. It's a bit of a binge. But the way I'm, you know, dealing with it is, number one, setting myself this new goal. And also, I threw out more items than I purchased. Mm -hmm. That's good. So, you know, taking things to the op shop where they can be used again. Mm -hmm. This kind of cyclical fashion thing that's happening. And now I've set myself a goal of not buying for a long time. Huge. Um, The other thing I did was made sure that, you know, any shoes that I purchase were leather, so they're going to last a long time. I'm not buying crappy, fast fashion. Smart. Um, And, you know,
1: space is a premium range in the Sydney market, any market, but Sydney in particular. So,
0: absolutely. And in a one bedroom apartment. Kind of making money in a way (laughs) by doing that. (laughs) One bedroom apartments cannot fit a lot of clothes, can (laughs) confirm. Um, But, I know that we probably need to get into why on earth we're here. Um, but I think there's one story that contextually just really, really gives um, gives people an idea of who we are. Um, mm-hmm. Look, like it or hate it, but <laughs> <Here> it <laughs> we is. are who we are. <laughs> Tell them the story, Matt, of <laughs> the My Muscle Chefs. Okay.
1: <clears throat> and this is also not sponsored by My Muscle Chef, I'll just say. I did... Last My Muscle Chef meal I ate was as recent as Friday. So we're coming in fresh. But
0: maybe it's a goal. Yeah. Be sponsored by My Muscle Chef by twenty twenty five. Yeah, if
1: they're listening. Like, love their food. Amazing. Incredible. Very good portion control. Excellent flavours. Love it. Anyway, so a couple of, Rachel and I have had a long history of working together. Um, we were It was Christmas one year. It was. And we were working between the Christmas and New Year break when most people don't work, but we're weirdly obsessed and just like love working. So uh, we went down to a grocery store in the city one day and we're like, oh, you know, like, let's go get lunch. We'll go get some strawberries, love strawberries, see what's yep. available. And then we go to the sp- – on special section. Yeah, because
0: we're in the Woolies Metro, right? And we're in the middle of the city. You can imagine, like, city's a ghost town. Mm-hmm. It's like the 28th of Jan or some weird December timing. Of oh, sorry, of December, yeah. So, yep. in between Christmas and New Year. Yep. No one's in the city. So, yep. we go into the Woolies Metro.
1: Which, to me, just – Spells opportunity, basically. Oh, absolutely. Like, think about all of the produce that's been ordered in and not being consumed. Absolutely. So we walked into the shop and um, there's a bakery section, whatever, and then we turned to the section that's traditionally where the on-sale items are. Yeah, which we
0: are drawn to a yellow sign. Also. Yeah, <laughs> <Like> instantly.
1: <laughs> appeal, instant. <laughs> and so, we went over to the section that usually sells on-sale or My Muscle Chef com- combination, whatever. And we went there and what do we find? Every My Muscle Chef. Um, like literally every my muscle chef portion, I guess yeah. you call that container. I'm losing the word. Was literally five dollars and retail value up to twelve.
0: Oh, uh, so we're talking like sixty percent off at this yeah. point.
1: Like at this point, you're making money. Insane. By doing it. Yeah. So
0: like a normal person would probably pick up like two. <laughs> like we're in the middle of a city, in the middle of a work day, Got to somehow transport these things home. But no, yeah. we buy. Like how many each? Oh, 25 each. We're talking a full basket, like piled, piled on top each Mm -hmm. and take them back to the (laughs) office, (laughs) put them in the office, freezer, freezer, and then take half of them home. Like embarrassment. Who cares? Yeah, I didn't care. When you're getting my muscle chefs for 60% off. When you're making that much money by not spending it, like you're winning. Huge, huge. And like we've been protein heavy ever since. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, the muscles were popping off. Literally. We wish, but not really. Yeah, literally. So
1: that's one of the bonding stories of Unbroke. And little did we know that it would later evolve into
0: something much more. Yeah, that's when we realized how freakishly loserish and alike we are. (laughs) (laughs) But we love it. Small wins, right? Small wins, exactly, exactly. All right, Maddie. Well, what we might do next is we've kind of gone around about way of introducing who we are um, and clearly the fact that we we love to save a bit of money um, and we love to more so make the most of our money. I think both you and I, we came from frugal families Mm -hmm. um, and we'll get into a bit of your backstory in a moment. Um, But I think as we've grown older, you know, growing in our careers, understanding the way money works a little bit more, um, money's become more to us than just how do I save a dollar here and there? It's more so about how do I make the most of my money to afford the things that I really value, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this is kind of where, where Unbroke goes, comes in. Um, but I think before we get into... Do we want to talk about Unbroke first and then jump into our backstories maybe? Either. You know, you decide. Right. You're well, the host today, right? I'm hosting today. We've decided we're going to do one week hosting of me and then Matt just to give ourselves some balance. Um look, we might jump into a quick overview of what Unbroke is and then go back into our kind of life stories and how we developed a sense around money. Mm -hmm. So, Unbroke, to to put it very briefly, um, is a property finance company. Um, So, essentially, we help people um, to buy property, whether that be their first home, whether that be an investment. Um, And what we like to do that is maybe a little bit different to what's done in the market is... We like to talk to people at the start of their journey and that might be, I want to buy property in three months, but it might be, I want to buy property in five years or I've got an aspiration to buy property sometime in the next 10 years even. Um, And what we do at that point, if they're kind of further out, is we actually talk to them about what it actually takes to buy property. Um, Look, a lot of our friends, we found they definitely have an aspiration to buy property at some point but they have real no idea about what it will take to get there apart from property requires an insane amount of cash that I don't have. Um, And so we consider it our job to help people through that process of understanding what it is it actually takes so that then in a couple of years' time, they'll be even better set up Mm -hmm. to purchase. Mm -hmm. Um, So technical term is mortgage broker. Mm -hmm. We don't always like to refer to ourselves as that that term because we see ourselves as, you know, much more of a coach Mm. to people. Um, And yeah, I guess that's the service we provide. We help people get home loans, but we really coach them through understanding um, how to achieve their property goals. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, not a sales pitch at all, but just so that anyone that's interested knows how mortgage broking works um, or our mortgage broking service, it is free to use for the customer. Um, And how it works is we get a commission from the bank it, once your home loan settles. So, um, if you never have <laughs> kind a loan, that's dodgy settles, though, doesn't it? It does. Like, we hate the word commission. Yeah. Yeah. But do you want to explain quickly, I guess, why it's yeah. not dodgy? <laughs> yeah,
1: I guess. So, the whole value proposition with mortgage broking is that we can, un- uh, as brokers, we can understand your needs and basically bring a warm relationship to a bank. We have a relationship with over 30 banks in Australia at the moment we're so an aggregator. And that enables us to basically assess your needs and then compare products that make sense to your needs and then apply for, you know, basically a loan that is in your best interest based on what you've told us. So for the the bank's point of view, we're bringing business to the bank um, and introducing you to them and representing you in the best light possible. Um, And from the bank's point of view, they don't need to spend time marketing. They don't need to employ they don't need to have five floors on Pitt Street Sydney and employ a marketing team and go seek out leads because that's the job of the mortgage broker is to find people and applicants for loans. Totally. And basically match needs and product.
0: Yeah. And I guess there's two points, says the marketing that mm-hmm. we do for them in terms of getting the leads. Um and there's also the admin work, right? Mm. So when you go to a broker They get you to that point where they've collected all of your documents. They've kind of gone through your needs, exactly what loan product you need Mm -hmm. um, or want. And by the time that we submit your loan to the bank, we've done a whole bunch of the upfront work for them. So, they would otherwise have to employ someone um, in that marketing, but also in that kind of operational admin um, Mm -hmm. capacity. So, instead of employing someone, they pay us as brokers. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of how it works, which, you know, we love the fact that you know, <laughs> our friends don't have to pay, and we yeah. can have these awesome conversations and help them. And um, we're, t-
1: we're totally unbiased in terms yeah. of who we would lend, who we would well, recommend, because they're all the same.
0: <laughs> yeah. In, in the end of the day,
1: most of the credit policies of the yeah. major banks in Australia are the same, and in terms of the commission that they give you. So general, not obviously
0: the loan products are different, but yes. the yeah. Yes. Commission.
1: Correct. Correct. Um, so as the system stands, it makes a lot of sense to come to a mortgage broker and. Over 60% of loans in Australia at the moment are written through mortgage brokers. I think it's, yeah, closer yeah. to 70. Correct. So and going there's a reason. <laughs> yeah, there is a reason. And it's mostly because of the quality of the application, really. Totally. Yeah.
0: And I think we'll do... Look, we won't go too much more into the details of our business now. Um, but as we go through different episodes, we'll definitely take you through... Um, kind of the process of using a mortgage broker and why people use mortgage brokers. Um, it's not something I knew before I purchased my first property. I just kind of had heard of the term. Um, mm. So, we'll definitely do a more in-depth thing on that but that's not what today's about. Mm. Today, we're going to delve a little bit deeper into our own personal journeys with money. Um, we'll take you through kind of Matt's history, a little bit of my history um, and then I guess a bit of an overview of what we're planning to do with this audio format, this podcast um, over the next you know, however many episodes, which will hopefully be a very long-term and frequent thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's jump into it. Maddie, mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about your journey growing up with money, your family, um, kind of how you guys lived, what your parents taught you, how you got first a first understanding of how money works.
1: not really sure. I generally have a, a poor memory, Rachel. I'm going to come clean and say <laughs> He's that. a goldfish. Yeah, goldfish memory. But I do remember the concept of money being introduced early to me in terms of like obviously going to the canteen and
0: having lunch money and things like that. But did your did your parents, did you have like a weekly or like you were allowed to go yeah, to the canteen?
1: Yeah, pretty, sure, pretty sure I had a $5 weekly allowance in exchange for God. chores, basic chores. Yeah.
0: $5 could get you a long way back in the day.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and but, I, but here's the thing. I didn't spend the money. I would get the – I got the $5 allowance deposited direct debit or whatever, you know, electronic funds transfer into my bank account.
0: Wait, as a child you were getting deposits into a bank account? Yes, correct. Yeah, from a very young age. That's wild. when I was
1: seven years old or something. Well, that's it, isn't it? Well, hello, Dolomite. So, that's the whole thing. Like that was the, the genius, I suppose, of Commonwealth Bank's banking program. Yeah,
0: and Maddie, you're one of four. Right. So you have one of five, Rachel. One of five. He is two. Oh, yeah. dropped one. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Larkin <and> fam. <laughs> which which one did you drop?
1: <laughs> not not the twin sister. <laughs> I think I forgot, Gemma.
0: Sorry, Gem. Well It's because the you're the same age. You know, I just yep. meant you've got three older brothers. So Correct. you're the youngest. You and yep. Gemma are the youngest. Yep. Like, I just want to understand. So you would take me through. You get these $5 mm. into your bank account. Mm. You say you don't spend them.
1: Yeah. So just accumulate birthdays, Christmas, uh, weekly allowance for in exchange for chores and built a bank balance and basically was just really interested in seeing how much money I was able to accumulate. Like it was exciting to me. And then when fast forward all the way till I was a teenager, I started studying commerce and economics at school in like the later years. And I was very interested in buying and selling shares, but you know. In Australia, you actually can't do that until you're 18 years old unless you're on right. a miner's account with your parents. Yeah. So I couldn't do it, but I was very interested. And my parents used to always talk about dividends and okay. talk about like what they were buying and selling. So stock your market. parents,
0: would that be like a dinnertime conversation yep, that they would definitely.
1: have? And I would always watch, this is really tragic, but um, would watch the Sky News business channel with my At what age? At
0: like 14. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I love it. Be like, yeah, what's hot at the moment? What are the stocks that are in? Who's oh, paying the wow. best dividends? Like what wow. are we Wow. Because my parents had a self-managed super fund. which yep was also an interesting concept to me as well so from a young age basically immersed in the jargon and was a naturally curious person so would always try to understand yeah, wow. what actually was being talked about did like,
0: your did your siblings have
1: similar not journeys really. or mindsets not really but they've all kind of ended up in a similar spot in terms yep. of money but yeah I was much more interested from a young age and mm. engaged in the concepts and understanding um I don't know why I think just it was fascinating to me and Trying to understand a bit of complexity and mm-hmm. get to the bottom of it. Mm. Yeah, well, mm.
0: I mean, it kind of reflects in what you then chose to do. And I would also say uni.
1: one thing is that I've always been described as like a forty-year-old person <laughs> when I was like, like ten years old, going on forty, kind of thing. So I've always had a mature mindset when it comes to matters of money. And
0: I just you know, have to sensibility. <laughs> I have to agree, but I also have to break that theory. So, just a bit of <laughs> context on Matt. Matt comes across when you first meet him as, you know, you're one of probably the most professional, respectful people that I've ever met. Probably um,
1: too being too kind, I'd say, Rachel. No. Go on. No, which I let's love about you. see where this you. ends up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Matt has two modes that are like completely opposite, <laughs> which is maybe where we get on because I'm probably quite similar here. But like Matt, like let's imagine, and we'll get into how we worked together, but Matt and I have a history of working together. He's like the most respectful you know dresses you know very professional every day um person in the office and then we come to the christmas party (laughs) and it's 80s aerobic themes, with which like you know just lends itself to so much creativity it does and matt just brings out this total alter ego i don't know whether we gave her a name um (laughs) but we had a fantastic dance party um but yeah, just, that was just great memories of you. Have you we we dance battled. You definitely we did. won.
1: I don't know. I, yeah. There's footage somewhere. Maybe it'll there be like footage. theme song of the podcast or Yeah, something. maybe. Yeah. Ooh, there's an idea. <laughs> yeah, Go back into be. the archives.
0: Could be. Anyway, continue on. So you're super interested. You get into uni. Yep, get into uni. Yep. Tell me about that. did commerce. Yep.
1: But I loved economics at school. I was either going to, in my head, I was either going to be a commercial pilot, which is an interesting story. Mm. Um. Because I have a pilot, I had a pilot's license when I was a kid. I've let it lapse a little bit, but you know, risk appetites change when you get married yep. and grow up a bit. <laughs> you know, again, forty years old. Um, so yes, I was studying aviation at school as well on the side. Yep, and I was doing economics in year eleven. And we one of the first assignments we did in that class was to look at the rates of pay of different jobs, and I chose piloting because I was interested. I was like, I may as well look. Yeah, like I want to be I'm, a pilot. What Are am I talking? actually going to be paid? What yep. am I talking? Yeah. And I went through all the awards and everything, and basically was shocked to find that the rates of pay, like there's a cap. And yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, hang on, this doesn't make sense. Like. I thought pilots supposed to be rich, mm. you know <laughs> mm. kind of thing. And yeah, sure, like it's it can be great money if you go get really senior. But I was like, I'm not starting on thirty five thousand dollars a year. Thirty-five like thousand that dollars like that's nothing. Below breadline kind of vibe. Yeah. So basically the whole the whole economics assignment in a way was the best thing that ever happened because it motivated me into which is kind of greedy, but
0: I mean, I think that's a really interesting point that you make. Mm. I think both you and I were probably pushed into is the wrong word um but had an idea that we had to do business or law or medicine in order to make money Mm. um i think as i get and that was definitely the feeling of me too when i was kind of 18 i thought i have to do something where i'm gonna you know get Mm. a good job Mm. and be easily successful and be in corporate or whatever that whatever that was and i think as i get older um absolutely grateful for where i've ended up and we've ended up but my perception around success has changed so much. Mm. Um, look, there are jobs that start off on higher salaries than, other, than others, absolutely. Um, but I'd just say, you know, as long as you're following what you're truly, you, what you truly enjoy, yes. there is so much scope for success in totally and any it all comes area. Down to actually, creating value, I think, hundred percent main thing. So, starting your own thing, yeah, right?
1: yep, or creating value within an organization, totally. Um, finding what are the problems that need to be solved
0: yep and what are the unique kind of points of view and what's the unique contribution you can make mm. um but, but yeah. yes anyway. so
1: we re- interesting because i was i guess wasn't willing to admit to myself that i was money motivated but i suppose mm. i was because i was like no i just i think i can do better than this so
0: and i guess it's not money it's well maybe it is money itself maybe it's, it partly is not chase. the actual money but
1: it's the chase what it can like do for lifestyle you. and totally yeah and options i guess for mm. that mm. was kind of the whole thing so anyway so I very quickly went to ended up um from year 11 being like okay cool i want to do economics so i went and studied a commerce degree yep. in sydney and then basically followed a pathway into accounting and finance it's mm-hmm. kind of where i've ended up and then worked in that for a number of years and then met Rachel. And then started (laughs) Umbro, And then
0: everything changed. (laughs) (laughs) Totally.
1: Give me your story, Rach. Take me through Rachel's relationship with money.
0: Well, my... It's funny. I think I was quite similar to you. So, I never did the Dolomites thing. Um, Don't know why. I think... So, I'm one of four. So, we both come from big families. Um, My parents... My mum did marketing. My dad was an engineer. So, both kind of went to uni, did the whole career thing for a while. Um, my mum then stayed home to take care of us and dad kind of had pretty big jobs and travelled quite far for work. So, growing up, mum was very much at home. Dad was kind of doing his thing. Um, still had a really, you know, good relationship with my dad and he was around on weekends but less so kind of during the week. Um, and growing up, we got pocket money and... Um, was and that it was cash? Uh, like actual dollars cash. So it kind of was, but wasn't. We ran, <laughs> we literally ran a book keep, bookkeeping system. Yeah. On paper. Hilarious. How on paper. That, how did it work? <laughs> so each one of us would have a notebook that yep. was like our money bookkeeping system, essentially. Yep. And each week we would get pocket money. I think it started at like eight years old and it was half of our age. So at eight years old, we'd get $4 a week. Yeah. Um, So we'd have $4 a week and that was broken up into different like boxes almost. Um, So I came from quite a religious household and upbringing. So 10% of that would go straight to the tithe to the church. Yep. Um, And then another, you know, certain portion would go to an offering to the church on top of that. So you got $4. um, It's probably about 15 to 20% that would go straight to the church. Yep. Um, And then from there, um, we would kind of get a portion, and our our parents very much taught taught us to break it down into savings, spending, and giving. Mm-hmm. So we would break a certain portion into savings. So we'd never see that in cash. Mm. We would write that down in our little book. We'd get a portion in cash. So I might only get a dollar in cash every week. Yeah, and then the rest would be broken down it's into. Quite a
1: sophisticated system for for an eight year old person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but it really, really taught. Mm. And taught me the value of, okay, if I don't spend this cash, so if I spent my dollar, it's gone forever. Mm. Yeah, I got a really good ice cream out of it, but mm. it's gone. Mm-hmm. I can't then take it back and choose to spend it on something else. Yeah, And there was no problem with that, but it was nice to still have a little bit left over because then in two weeks or in five weeks or 10 weeks, I actually had more choice what to do with that money totally. rather than just spending the dollar.
1: Did it go into a piggy bank? What it go into? No,
0: it was just in my parents' bank account. Oh. Yeah. So,
1: how did you access it if you wanted it? We'd ask. Yeah. Okay. So, like... What so, it could still be
0: denied or not? No, access no, denied? No, It was our money. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. yeah. No, it was still our money. So, like, one of the things that I first saved up for, I had a really long animal obsession period and there was this... I don't even know what to call it. Okay. I do know what to call it. Like, a fake fish pond almost so you know you have a goldfish in a bowl yeah it kind of sounds like sea monkeys is that what it was no it was completely fake and all it was you it was like a light so it was yeah. like a lamp that was a fishbowl oh yeah but yeah. fake and you turn on the switch and it would be this like rotating image of okay, fish yeah yeah i think i remember that like, yeah yeah don't even ask.
1: Kind of me. ish, lava lamp-ish. Yes, like a of.
0: lava lamp at fish. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I'm pretty sure it was like $27 from some weird home shop. And I was like, <laughs> Major I was risk, like probably. that's what I want. <laughs> I like, what a weird child. Like, yeah, why, wasn't I, why wasn't I saving up for a toy? I was like, no, I want the like aquarium, the fake aquarium lamp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I did and I saved up for it. And I just remember, I remember feeling so happy. When I got it, like, I was Mm -hmm. obsessed with this thing. And, again, I think that (laughs) taught me the value of... I just stared at it at night. so weird. Was it
1: just foregoing...
0: Foregoing immediate... Yeah. Yeah. Foregoing immediate pleasure for future game. But also the value of, like, having worked really hard. Mm. Not that I really worked hard for it. I did chores and stuff. But, like... Mm -hmm. I had to deny myself or work hard in order to get that. It yep. wasn't just handed to me. And it felt so much better. And I was that much more obsessed. So I think that for me was a big thing. Um, and I also played a game called Cash Flow with my parents,
1: which I'd love to play. Do we still have a copy of it? Right? I need to buy a copy. a copy. Can we copy It's it?
0: actually discontinued. Oh. It's like 300 bucks now so to it's buy. It's quite an actual club design. Oh, yeah. Design. yeah. We but we're going to do it. Yeah. It'll surely appreciate from yeah. now on. <laughs> um, but essentially, it was kind of like Monopoly, except it, had like houses with down payments and you could buy shares that would go up and down. So it kind of taught you the basics of the property and yes. financial market at a very, very, very high level. Yeah. I didn't get into stocks until much, much later. Um,
1: immersed in concept. So it wasn't, totally yeah,
0: totally like more just general money concepts. Um, mm. and like the fact that investments even can go up, like had no yeah. idea Wild. about that before. Wild. <laughs> I know. um, But yeah, essentially, I mean, my journey with investing and property, again, similar to you, have always had a desire to work um, and to achieve for myself. I think we're both kind of achievement orientated. Um, But yeah, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, went to uni and did commerce, Um, you know, I was always thinking about, oh, do I just become an interior designer or an actress or this or that and mm-hmm. like end up in business. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, in doing marketing. But yeah, really in 2020, um, I was sitting at home, working from home. Hating uh, it or loving it? Hating it. Yeah. I love being in the office. I love being Same. around people. Um, and... You know, just kind of depresso at the whole yeah <laughs> COVID situation. Wait, was 2020 lockdown? Yeah, that was the first oh, lockdown. Yeah. Um, So, everyone was just confused and scared and yeah, the market crashed and I'd been wanting to invest in 2019 mm. and I actually had a friend um, who was a guy. Guys seem to talk about this all the time and I was really frustrated that no guy would talk to me about it. Mm. <laughs> so, I asked one of my friends, I was like, I need to invest. What should I do? And he goes, Rachel, the yield curve's about to invert and the market's going to crash. I was like, what is a yield curve? Like, whoa, maybe I shouldn't invest. I have no idea what, the, what that means. And so, I didn't invest and that ended up being a wise move because the market, I mean, he didn't know COVID was happening, but the market crashed yes. and I thought... The market has crashed literally by so much. That didn't make sense to me. I was like, yeah. these are companies that have been around for hundreds of years. And they're still how do they? money. Yeah. And how do they lose 50% of their value overnight? Mm. Like that really clicked for me. I was like, gosh, surely there's like an over, you know, something's correction. happened, an overcorrection that's happened and like there's value to be had here. So, that was my kicker when that crash happened, I was like, now's my time. Yeah, And so I learned about it um, and just started off really small. Well, kind of, I was kind of a risk taker as well. Like well, I was like, you always are. I am. I think that I'm not, <laughs> she but I am big. Yeah, yeah she, she does. <laughs> um, but I literally actually chucked, I'd been cautious, cautious, cautious for years. And I was like, Do you wait, know that what? Get you? Nowhere. Nowhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Do you know what? If it's not now, like the market's mm. off a cliff. Yeah. I actually did wait. This is where my cautiousness comes in. I waited about a month and a half. So the market crashed in March. Yes. And I think I waited till about the end of April, early May, where it had started to lift up again. Yeah. So I didn't buy at the bottom of the market and it was this amazing story. I waited a little bit. Sure. Like, for example, after pay had gone from I think it was nearly a hundred dollars it crashed to five it did yeah I don't know if it was actually a hundred maybe it was 50 but it crashed yeah. to five dollars what's not seen insane. is my
1: face of shock I know it, he's not shocked. heard but yeah it imagine you can bucks. see it yeah <laughs> this was
0: like two years ago yeah yeah insane yeah um and then I waited until it had gone to twenty dollars to invest so yeah I could have made an extra 4X, right? That's mm. like investing's is wild. But I invested at $20, which still ended up being yeah. really good. Mm. Um, But I essentially just chucked my entire savings into um, Chairs. a couple of different shares all, and ETFs. Yeah, I risked it all. Yeah. I think, you know what? I'd just been on a massive Europe trip and I was like feeling a bit... Risky, like yeah. I was like, life's meant to be lived. Yes. Yeah, nothing like, to lose. Nothing to and lose. Gain
1: potentially. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, just so paid off. In. Did it? Like overall, absolutely, yeah, because yep. it was the right timing. But you you can't always pick the right timing. And yep. like again, this is not an investing podcast, and we're not going to get into that because that's illegal. You can, <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to give general advice. Yep. Um, but yeah, essentially, my journey was: it's better to be in the market. Then not at all. Mm. It was a great learning experience. Not every stock did well, obviously, but yeah. um yeah, that kind of kicked me off into the world of investing and really this eye opener of money can make more money if mm. you choose to do the right things with it. Money's like your ammo, right? It's like it gives you options. It gives you options and money is a tool. Mm. Totally. It's not just there to buy groceries. Like it's actually a tool to then invest and make more money.
1: Can I ask you how you made the leap from shares into property then? Into property. Or is that just way too soon to be asking that question?
0: No, let's do it. And then I'll ask you. Yeah, let's dive in. Um, I'll do mine very quickly. So, again, always wanted to do more with my money. I'd always thought that I wanted to buy property. And again, overachiever, type A personality. It's kind of this, oh, you are not. You can't buy property until you're 30. That's kind of like the going. Really? That's the going thing in Sydney, I feel. Yeah, okay. Don't you? I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Like when I sp- spoke to a lot of my friends, it was like, oh, property not something I'm doing for years. Mm. And I was like, hmm, I give
1: don't want to be... Yeah, like give me a challenge. So, I was <laughs> like, I'm going to buy one in my 20s. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, but then, you know, I wanted to travel as well and didn't want that to stop me and all these things. So... Wasn't really thinking about it until COVID, Mm. Um, and then COVID happened, and then it happened again, and then it happened again, (laughs) and it had
1: been was it was it housemates that did too? I'm just going to ask.
0: No, no, no. So I'd moved out with my partner. Okay, um, and. Essentially got to the middle of 2021. We're in our second big lockdown. I was just bored. Yeah. I was like, maybe I could buy a property.
1: So were you scrolling constantly on real estate and demand? No. I actually wanted
0: to buy an investment property. Um, so I've always so had this. The sums? I've always had this thing about houses in Brisbane. I'm like, no, want to buy a house in well, Brisbane. Well, what were the
1: Olympics coming up, Rachel? Exactly.
0: Well, uh, I mean, who knows, but maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah was sitting at home and I was like, I'm just going to do the numbers. So, like, did mm-hmm. myself a budget, understood yep. what it would take for me to buy a property. Um, what did you come to learn? Just that it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be and more mm-hmm. so that there were a range of different options outside of save 20% deposit, buy property. Yep. Like, there's a lot more to it and there's a lot of government schemes and there's a lot of family schemes. And Why did you end up
1: deciding to invest in a owner-occupier? Residence? Why did we buy? Yeah. yeah. So,
0: I was like I'll just buy a little investment and then um, my partner said to me he was like oh why don't we consider buying together and I think you know again it was COVID we couldn't travel and go and see properties either and I think for me whether it was the best investment decision in the long term or not um, we ended up just buying somewhere that number one we could see we could make sure it was you know the right property and that it had good structure and that there were no issues Um, But I've got to say in hindsight, I'm glad that I did because we love it Mm -hmm. and, you know, property is absolutely a way to make money in an investment class and we'll go into the differences between owner-occupier and investor later on in the series but I just love owning where I live, Um, you know, putting art on the wall and… You know, when we have friends over, there's just something really nice about it. And I bet you mm-hmm. loves
1: paying special levies as well. Do you love doing oh, that? Oh, strata fees are the bane <laughs> of
0: my existence. But look, there is something beautiful about having your own yeah. place um, and knowing that no one can kick you out, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, how about you, Maddie? What's your journey with property? Well, I've always, yeah,
1: back to like watching the business channel with my mum mm-hmm. and sometimes dad when he was home from work. I just was always interested in how you could get a higher, in my view, a higher return on money. Yep. And I was like, you know, I think that the thing with lending in Australia is Mm -hmm. that a lot of money goes into lending to property because it's a tangible asset. Yep. Contrasted to shares, which you can obviously get lending for, but, and businesses, it's perceived higher risk in lending. So, less it's, it's less easy to basically do it and mm-hmm. you basically actually get a physical asset you can see. Totally. And so yep. for me, I was like, okay, cool. Something I can see and touch. Yep. Let's have a go. Let's yep. see what happens. So really, I mean, I've always wanted to own a house. So mm. or apartment, you know, property mm. in general. So I've kind of been saving since I was like 15 or yeah. earlier and just building up the bank balance, buying shares, getting dividends, selling yep. shares, whatever, to just ultimately build a deposit so that I could buy. I went down the 20% deposit route because... Mm-hmm. I was kind of none the wiser and I didn't have a yep. mortgage broker or whatever to yep. advise. But there are pros and cons with that approach. I suppose like you enter the market so potentially yeah. later but then you also aren't paying as much on repayment. So, totally, yeah, first property was an apartment and mm-hmm. then outgrew the apartment and then acquired another property.
0: Yep. Yeah. And we're going to go on into all of the details on how you can kind of use one property to, mm. to get into your next. Definitely, which is um, what I did. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I think kind of goes into why we started our business Mm. um i think you know again we'll have episodes more on why we're also obsessed with property and why people love it so much Mm. um but you know the process of buying a property um and i guess in our in our generation it is misunderstood um the perception is that it is extremely difficult to buy property um and that you really have to sacrifice your lifestyle Mm. Um, in order to buy property. I say compromise and sacrifice are two very different words. Yeah, for sure. Um, sacrifice sounds a bit hectic, like it's a bit full on. It's all or nothing, right? Yeah.
1: But like not everything in life is all or nothing. It's like it's not black or white, it's more shades of grey.
0: Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I think the biggest thing is understanding what you value and mm. not giving up on the things that you truly value mm. um, but the things that you can pretty easily give up. Mm. When you want something greater, that's where you start to really unlock the, the key, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, what's a good example? Um,
1: well, Rachel loves croissants and pastries. Rachel <laughs>
0: does love croissants. Croissants are cheap, though. Yeah. Like, compare an almond croissant, right? Even in Jewish. today's inflated world, mm. might be like $6, Yeah. right? There's a great one if anyone lives in Surrey Hills, <laughs> <laughs> and Bell. Surrey Hills French Bakery. Yum. The best um, almond croissants. And they're massive. (laughs) Okay.
1: I'm going to have to go. I've Um, never been.
0: Yeah, delish. And they're not vegan. Mm. Context. (laughs) People call me a fake vegan, which I don't like. I think that's derogatory. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) I would say I'm a flexitarian. I try to be mostly vegan. But when there's a really good almond croissant, sometimes I have it.
1: What do you say to people who say that vegans are punishing Do you just flat out refuse?
0: Well, then I'm not a vegan. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. I just say, look, it's up to each person. I Hats off to people that can be vegan. I'm just not someone that chooses to be a strict vegan. She loves dairy too
1: much even though she's
0: allergic. Like occasional dairy (laughs) for almond (laughs) croissants. But back to almond croissants, they're like $6, Mm -hmm. right? Which with a coffee, large almond latte might be... We're talking twelve dollars total at this point. Compare that to, like, your average avo on toast in Sydney. We're not talking with the bacon and eggs. We're talking avo on toast. Sometimes they only give you okay biggest gripe. What's that? When you buy avo on toast and they only give you one piece of toast, yeah, and then they make it like look all fancy with flowers and shit on top, and you're like, no, no, yeah, I want two to- <laughs> yeah. two pieces of toast. Definitely. $20 for one piece That's of avocado ridiculous. on toast. Yeah,
1: that is um, insane.
0: But anyway, I'm going to buy my almond croissant. I'm going to enjoy every last piece of it. And it's only going to cost me, with coffee, $12. Compare that to your 25 So you're just saying... With avo toast. You're just skimming off the top
1: from time to time, basically, in terms well, of... Well, yeah, it's just choices. different choices. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: But then occasionally I might get an avo toast, mm-hmm. but not every weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. for me it was make... But you don't want to... There's a difference between making choices like that and being anxious around money. Like yeah. you don't want to get into the point where you're like so anxious about it and you can't enjoy going out with friends. But, mm-hmm. you know, have friends over mm-hmm. once in a while. And again, some people don't have the luxury of that and that's fine. But, um, you know, for me, choosing to make my friends a meal um, instead of going out and having, you know, cocktails and drinking is a massive <laughs> yeah <laughs> budget Spender yeah. as well, um, budget black hole. Budget black hole. But yeah, really, Definitely. really, just to summarize, making choices sometimes that don't really massively affect your lifestyle, but in the long term can have a big impact on your finances. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. Would you say kind of similar thing in your life?
1: I think so. I'm trying to think back. Yeah, like, eg, I don't drink coffee, yeah. and I think it's because I have never really loved the taste. But I actually, think it's more because I've been motivated by saving four dollars a day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Loves Is that it. Terrible. He's addicted like to it.
1: Thousand dollars a year. Okay, cool. So five years time, like I'm rich. Like you know, just like little things like that. Just totally, easy for me to decide. Totally. Yeah.
0: Like I just had another one pop up. Like health insurance. Right. I was looking this up the other day. One of the health insurance providers, AIA, I, AIA, mm. Vitality. Yeah. They give you like fifty percent off Virgin Active memberships. Yeah.
1: Huge. Mm-hmm.
0: Literally no impact on your lifestyle. You're going to the same gym with the same membership. And you're getting 50% off. Yeah. yeah. Qantas points. When yeah. you're going to spend the money anyway. Like you're not buying things you wouldn't otherwise buy for points. Well, maybe
1: you are. And maybe you just you don't are. know. And that's the trick. Yeah. Hello. Shouldn't you know that as a marketer? <laughs> isn't there some like background
0: thing? <laughs> but if you credit cards, if you pay off your credit card every month, you're not paying any interest. Yes. Correct. But you're getting points. Yeah. It's mm. those little things that add up. Because it's like built into the system. Totally. Stuff, totally. So you're paying for it anyway. Even Make if the most. You're not consuming it. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Interesting. And buying groceries when the yellow tag is on.
1: Yeah. The yellow tag is a big one. And My muscle chef it. when it's on sale. All those things. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. But creating a, isn't it like kind of creating a system of for making you. that works? Like, yeah. With reasonable compromises? Yeah. And is those are like going
0: to be different for everyone.
1: Bring in lunch four days a week. Yep. And then buy once or something. Mm-hmm.
0: Totally. Yeah. Totally.
1: I reckon that's a fair compromise. That's that a good compromise. Night. I
0: yeah. The one I always say with lunch is like, I bring it and make it unless i'm going out with someone like save Mm. the money spending for an experience with someone else yeah for sure yeah yeah Yeah. because you're never going to regret spending money Mm -hmm. when it's you know to see a friend or or things like that definitely Um, whereas you can save when it's just just you and you it's probably going to be healthier too Mm -hmm. which we love (laughs) gains (laughs) well maddie Was there anything else we needed to speak about in this app? I think we do. I think
1: maybe we should just talk Mm -hmm. about um, like, yes, we've acquired properties, we started a business. Yeah. And it's a mortgage breaking business called by another name. Yeah. Property finance, I suppose, which is the same thing. Um, But yeah, in in a nutshell, how can this podcast help people? Why are
0: we here? Great segue. So, and I think this will develop as we go. Like, we kind of want to keep it flexible hear some feedback um, and understand really what it is people most want to know when it comes to budgeting, property, finance. Um, But essentially, there's a couple of different things we'll go through. We really want to help people break down the complex, you know, terms and concepts when it comes to property, just to get like, all right, how the hell do I go from no idea how to buy a property to having a really solid foundation of what it takes to Mm -hmm. purchase my first property. Perfect example. How do interest rates work? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what is the difference between investing versus buying for yourself? These kind of concepts that, um, you know, there's lots of, and it's funny, like you're even challenging me, Maddie. There's so much content out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is, and you can go and you can Google this stuff and you can research till the cows come home. Um, but I've got to say there's something about actually hearing it firsthand. Yeah. Um,
1: and hopefully not from dickheads. I don't know. I, I don't think I'm a dickhead. I try my very You're best not, not to be a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want people to have as many choices in their life as I yeah. can. Just yeah. by like deliberate decision making over time that compounds into really good
0: Totally. Outcomes. And I think yeah. the other thing about like particularly the property industry that we've noticed is sometimes it feels a bit unrelatable. Like it can feel like you've got oh – it's kind of two ways, right? You've got the super slick real estate agent, that you're like kind of scared of you, um, bit, a bit intimidating. Oh. And then you've got like the typical like mortgage broking side of things. It just feels super you old feel like school. like everyone's trying to rip you off, don't yeah, you? Yeah, totally. It's and no like one speaks your language and – they don't give you the time I find to actually sit down with you, help you understand the concepts and help you to make your own better decisions. Mm. Like you kind of feel like the decisions being made for you sometimes. Definitely. Um, and what I always wanted was just someone to go and sit down and understand my needs. Mm. Um, my needs as an individual but also our generation. Mm. Like we are different to generations before and I think there's been a lack of voices. Um, I think there's some awesome people in the investing world and i've definitely gotten inspiration from you know the likes of equity mates and she's on the money um tash and queenie kind of the girls doing it in the investing space and um yeah they've done great work but there's been still a lack of that in the property space and in reality do
1: you think that's because property is much more difficult to obtain initially than shares
0: i mean i think less people in their 20s have property absolutely yeah um Oh, it's a I, whole thing. Yeah. Industry slow. I mean, it is. Yeah.
1: Think of some of the experiences we've had submitting loan applications. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yep. that's that's part of the answer.
0: It is, and I think um, you know, ev- everyone can can invest pretty easily. Um, you know, it also. I mean, for you and I, we had to go and do the training to become mortgage brokers. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we had to go and do a course and actually fully understand the process, which. Um, you know, is more difficult, I guess, than just investing yourself. Yeah. Um. So it does require that time and yeah. money commitment to go yeah. and get trained. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I think it's just probably something that people in their twenties there hasn't been that voice. Yeah. Um. And so we thought there was definitely a gap for that. So we're excited to bring that content. Cool. To Jump this on board format. and have a go. Yeah, absolutely. And if we fail, do you know what? This has been <laughs> our entire process in this. Um, you know, building a brand and building a business. If we fall flat on our face, so what? Yeah, true. You know? Yeah. We're already losers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, totally. We'll just keep spending Sundays together anyway. Why not? Exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Matt and I, we have a routine. We like get our coffee, eat a whole pint of strawberries, <laughs> sit down. Which are currently in
1: season, but it'll be, what will it be in winter? Jeez, it gets too expensive. Well, the thing is like winter fruit's not that great. Like oranges are good, but oh, what else?
0: I'm not a fan of oranges. Are you not? No. Nah. Apples are pretty good in winter. Yeah, fair. I love but, a pink lady. Oh no, I
1: I do, but I think green apple is where it's at, Rachel. Ew! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. All
0: 100%. right, question question of the week: Pink ladies or Granny Smiths? Do tell. Yeah, definitely granny smiths no mm. Pink lady,
1: it's the texture it's they're not sour enough they're too sweet i was gonna
0: say granny smiths are so acidic yeah they're lovely my stomach gets on fire you know <laughs> <laughs> she's a bloated she's a bloated queen <laughs> they're not very good <laughs> all righty well we're gonna wrap it up there for now um but i think our next episode we're gonna talk all about why we're so obsessed with property so watch out for that one